Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host, your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. Find out more about me, my work, my books, podcasts, online classes, everything metaphysical, spiritual, supernatural, all on exploreyourspirit.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and go sign up for my free newsletter so we can keep in touch. All right, well, with those pleasantries out of the way, I hope you're having a good week. I hope things are going well in the midst of all of the chaos that is this world at this time as we make these moves into a new evolution. And like anything, that takes a lot of change, a lot of growth, which can make things messy. And so this is why it's more important than ever for all of us to kind of stick together talk to each other, communicate, stay connected, and remind each other that we're in this together, that we're all learning, we're all going through it. And the best thing we can do is be there for each other with help and kindness and compassion and empathy, and to then do those same things for ourselves, to care about ourselves and give kindness and compassion empathy and understanding to us as well, not to be too hard on ourselves at the same time. So the whole reason we're going through all these things is to really squeeze us hard and to help us to grow. We're in a period of our growth where time is speeding up and we're learning at the fastest pace ever. So what used to take karmically years or lifetimes to work through, we now work through sometimes in weeks and months. That's a lot to keep up with. How I'd like to talk about how that's working today in this episode is to talk about it through the law of attraction. Now you've probably heard things about the law of attraction. Maybe you've even studied it a little bit or read about it. And you'll read and hear a lot about Well, if you think this way, then you will attract that to you. And that's that's a good basic beginning. But what's missing in a lot of the teachings about the law of attraction is you have to embody that new belief. It's not enough to think it or to say it or to look at a picture of it. You have to become the thing you are seeking. You have to radiate that energy. You have to make it a belief that is completely yours as much as you believe anything else on a strong basis. And so that's why it doesn't work for a lot of people. For example, let's say you want $14 million and you you read a book about the law of attraction. Uh, maybe you take a course And you're like, that's what I want, $14 million. And you might get some advice like make a vision board, write a check where you're receiving $14 million. Uh, You know, believe that that it's coming to you. And so you do the work and you, you write that, you create the board, you write out a check to yourself and you visualize, you work daily on visualizing this coming. And after a while... It doesn't happen and you get dejected 
and you don't understand what you did wrong because the person showing you all this said it works. They gave you examples in their book or in their course of how it works. The problem is what they didn't explain is you have to believe it in your core where it becomes a part of you. It's not a belief in the future. It's not a belief about something that you'd like to have happen. It's a knowing that it already has happened. Does that make sense? It's an unknowing. It has already happened. It's just catching up to you. When you say, I know when I go home tonight, this is what I'm having for dinner. You know it because those are the leftovers in your refrigerator. And you plan tonight when you go in your home that you're going to pull those leftovers out and you're going to eat them. Are the leftovers in, in your hands right now? No. But you know they exist and you know where they are. And you know how they're going to go into your microwave <laughs> and be heated up. You have a knowing. So it has to be that way with other things as well. You have a knowing that this is how it will be. There is a certain understanding in social cues that we have a knowing. For example, if you're walking into where you work and you look up at someone walking by or standing there at the door or on the way to your desk and you say hi or hello, there's a general knowing that they're going to greet you back, that there's a high probability that person's going to say hello back or good morning or make some kind of funny comment, whatever they do, but mostly there'll be some type of acknowledgement that you spoke. Maybe it's a grunt. It depends on their mood. But there will be some type of acknowledgement. There are certain social cues and mores that we have where there is an expectation. We don't know exactly what the answer will be, but we know there's going to be an answer, a grunt, a look, a laugh, something that will occur. These are knowings. You don't know every bit about it, but you have an idea. You also take action on it. How do you know there are leftovers in your fridge and that you're going to eat tonight, for, you know, that food? Because you took action and you cooked that food the day before or you ordered too much of that food. And so you know it's leftover. You've already paid for it. You've taken the action. You cooked it or bought it. And it's now there waiting for you. How do you know someone's going to greet you with good morning or hello? You took action. You said hello, you looked them in the eye, you greeted them as you walked by. So you know there's a very high probability, based on that action, that they're going to respond. This, in a very rudimentary way, is the law of attraction. That when you put energy out into something, it comes back. When you direct the energy with a certain intention, it comes back. When you believe it to the point that it's not a belief like a hope, but rather a knowing, then this is when things get more concrete. So 
Many times when people try the law of attraction and they write that check out to themselves that they want $14 million. They're not taught that they have to take action to find some way to have that money come to them. And that also their belief has to be more than just hoping. I hope Santa's going to bring me something. I hope so-and-so's going to, you know, make this happen. That's different hoping and wishing than having a knowing. A knowing is, I know what I did. I know the actions I took. And so I'm pretty much 95% sure this is what's going to happen. Now, why do we say 95% sure and not 100% sure? Because you're 95% sure when you go home tonight that your leftovers are going to be there in that fridge for you to eat up and eat. But there's a 5% that can never be controlled, which is you might have a roommate, and that roommate might scarf down your leftovers. You might have your refrigerator break, and so all the food goes bad before you get home, and you have to throw it out. You might get an offer from someone at the office before you leave who says, we're all going to dinner to get pizza, come with us, and you decide to go. So those leftovers don't get eaten by you. And by the time you go to eat them the next night, it's too late, they've gone bad. So there's always a, a little variable there of something that could go a different way and not work out. But if it's a knowing, 95% of the time, those leftovers will be there. That person will greet you some way when you say hello. These things are pretty consistent. So what happens is when you start to change within yourself and you create something that's not a wish or a hope or a belief or stronger than a belief that it becomes a knowing, that's when the energy raises in you. And so you start to act and think and speak and do like a person who has a knowing. It now becomes um, a subconscious understanding, meaning that you don't have to consciously think about it every day. When we're in the conscious mind, we're trying to create something. We're trying to bring something into a knowing. Okay, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to say my affirmation that $14 million is coming to me now. And I have to say it because I don't have a knowing about that. I have a, a belief and a desire, but I have no idea how it's going to happen. So I have to get up and say it. And so that is not yet ingrained in your system where it is a knowing. And when it is a knowing, it's an it's a implied expectation that would almost be surprising if it didn't happen. So we can look at this example in, in all types of things we're working on. And I'm going to give you an example of a student that I worked with on helping them to get to a place of a knowing where that law of attraction in a certain situation began to change for them. Now, this was such an important and valuable lesson for them to see because it showed them in real time, how they believed one way 
and something happened that they were like, this is just what happens. Everybody will tell you, this is what always happens. This is just how it is. And yet through doing things differently themselves, they changed that dynamic. And what used to become a knowing of this is how it is changed in front of their eyes and showed them that as they changed who they are, as they changed their energy frequency, it changes how other people reacted around them. And when I say other people, I'm going to say strangers, people that didn't know them, people that they didn't go have a conversation with and say, hi, I've, I'm upgrade, you know, uh, upgrading my energy frequency and I only accept these responses now. So please speak to me in this manner. Uh, none of that. These are strangers who are now, once were reacting one way to a person and now are speaking and treating them very differently. So let me give you an example what happened with a student here. I have a student who's single and she's been dating for a while. And any of you who are out there in the dating world know how tough it is right now. That uh, there's been COVID <laughs> where really it was hard to get people together. And there's just a different way of people meeting now and socializing. And a lot of dating is done first through apps now where you're looking at a picture or two, you're reading a brief bio, and you swipe right or left, whether you, you know, want to go further. And so what happens a lot, you swipe, and if the other person agrees, you start a conversation over text. And what I notice, and I have a lot of students who have come to me that are dating and asked me for my thoughts about what's not going right. And their stories were pretty similar. They would text with the person and the text would be fun, sometimes flirty, sometimes witty, interesting. They would look forward to these texts. It would get to the point where they had been texting back and forth for a week. They were sharing stories and they were checking in with these people. Meaning the guy would text them every morning and say, hey, beautiful, hope you have a good day. And then he would text them at night like, Hey, gorgeous, how was your day? Sleep well, sweet dreams. And it almost became like there's some kind of relationship with this banter. Now, the interesting thing to me was all these women that would show me these texts, that none of them had met the men at this point. It was a week or two into this with texting, but they had not yet met in person. And so I told him, I said, this will never work when you're just texting. There's too much that is a chemical reaction. There's too much that has to do with chemistry. Did you have to see the person in person to see if you get that vibe? It's something that can only be felt in that way. And otherwise, this is someone who isn't really committed to having a relationship or dating. This is someone who's kind of pseudo doing this. It's like they get a little bit of interaction, a little bit of conversation, but they're not putting themselves out there. 
And I explained how that a lot of people are kind of doing this right now, like wishing they had a relationship, but not wanting to put the work or energy or time into it. And just having someone they text with kind of makes them feel in their head that somehow they have someone. Oh, I'm kind of talking to this girl. I'm kind of seeing this girl, but with none of the vulnerability, none of the energy that it takes to get to know someone. So I explained to them that if you are on the apps and you text with a guy, that you really don't want to do it any longer than a couple days until you set up a date. Because otherwise it gets into this awkward, comfortable, not real situation. And then when you meet them, it's even more uncomfortable. So it's good to chat for a day or two, see if you like the person, watch for any weird red flags in the conversation, stuff like that. But within several days, you should move into meeting for coffee, meeting somewhere. So my student had been doing this and meeting guys for coffee. Or sometimes it'd be lunch or a dinner, depending on, you know, what everyone agreed to. And then they started experiencing the second odd problem, which is belief that the date is going well and not understanding why things go so differently after. So they would go on these dates and everything was great. The guy was like, wow, you look just like your picture. You're beautiful. It's so nice to get to be with you. They would have long talks over dinner. There would be flirtiness. There would be jokes. There would be fun. There would be opening up, sharing of stories, deep conversation, laughter, maybe a walk afterwards after dinner to the car or a little walk on the streets outside from the restaurant before it was time to go. Sometimes... Uh, holding a hand, a hand on their back, leaning in for a kiss before they got in the car. All the signs, all, everything pointing to connection. And the conversation at the end would be, this was great, I had such a good time, I'd like to see you again. Oh great, you'd like to see me, that's wonderful. Okay, I'll text you, we'll figure out um, a good day for us to get together and I'll text you some ideas to see which one appeals to you, what you'd like to do. I'm so excited to see you again. So she, she leaves on, on a happy cloud, excited, great person, nice night, looking forward to date number two. And then many times one of two things happen. And those of you who are single know these scenarios I'm about to describe. The first one is pretty straightforward. All that happens and you never hear from the guy again. Never ghosted, disappeared. Never hear a sound from the person again. Second one's a little stranger. The guy might text that night and say, hey, I had a, just want to say again, had such a great time. And I just wanted to check on you and make sure you got home safe. And you're like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yes, I'm home. I had a great time too. Thank you so much. 
And then the next day he might text you. Hey, gorgeous. Wishing you a good morning. I'll be in touch soon to figure out um, some dates and times and info for our next date. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it. Have a good day. And then days go by and you never hear from him. And he disappears. He goes soon. It's the weirdest thing. So as the student of mine was dating, we were talking about this and talking about the belief, why couldn't men just tell women, thanks for the date. I didn't feel a connection. I didn't feel chemistry. I didn't, whatever it was, um, it's just not working for me. But thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. It was nice to talk with another human being. It was nice to share a dinner. But this just isn't right for me. It could be done very politely. could be for a myriad of reasons. And just be honest and kind about it. So she and I started talking about that. Like, why can't this be a thing? And so as I worked with her, I asked do you do that? And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, how are you with conflict, confrontation, being honest about your feelings with people, telling people what you really think or feel? And so as we went into that, she realized that she doesn't do that, that she had a longstanding belief that became her, her knowing that you don't say that to people because it'll hurt their feelings. So she had always done the opposite and avoided confrontation, avoided speaking the truth to people because she felt it would hurt their feelings. So she would do other things to back out of the situation or disappear from the conversation, retreat, retreat. And thinking that she was doing a better thing, a nicer thing. And um, many people do this. They'll make a joke about themselves or they'll say, you know, I've got to go. Yep, let's get together again sometime. And then you never hear from them, right? Whether it's a friend, um, a situation, or they're like, oh, yes, I'll help you with that. And you're like, okay, you're depending on them. So you don't ask someone else for help because you're like, okay, I'm good. They said they're going to help. And the truth is they really didn't want to help. But they don't know how to tell you to your face, uh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. I've got other plans. I just don't want to do it. So instead they say yes and then they sit and stew about it until it gets closer to time. And then they have the made-up excuse. I'm sorry, it's an emergency. I have to go. Sorry, work called, I can't get a sitter, whatever it is. And so they have an excuse and they let you down. And a lot of times, you know, it's not really the case or whatever the excuse is that they manufactured it or did something to create it to be the case instead of planning accordingly. And like they would if it was something they really wanted to do. So you kind of know the truth and that's even more of a letdown because you would have appreciated 
hearing in the beginning, not that you would have been happy about it, but you would have appreciated in the beginning hearing, uh, I can't do that, sorry, or nope, that's not really where I can best help. That's not really what I want to do. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can help you with this part when you're onto that, onto that part. I'm happy to help with that. That wouldn't have given the person an instant happy because you're saying no to their request. But you told them what you could do. You gave them your boundaries, your standards. And you said, nope, that's not really for me. But I can do this. And so then it was on that person to accept that and take the help where they could get it and to move on and find someone who could help them with the current problem they're seeking. That's called a relationship based on respect and boundaries and standards and honesty and trust. Those are real energy beliefs that become knowing and when you exude those things, people give them back to you. Now, you're not doing it for that reason. You're doing it because that's who you are as a human being. That's who you have become. That is the I am within you. I am honest. I am trustworthy. I am holding myself to be accountable and direct and honest and straightforward in my conversations with people. I am handling conflict and communication and speaking my truth and allowing others to see what I can and can't do. I am being vulnerable. I'm allowing myself to feel the feelings of what this feels like to look a person in the eye and to tell them the truth. So, as she was dating, we were talking about these things. And there was a guy who she went on a date with. Very nice, very respectful. Great conversation. Wonderful time. And at the end of the date, they were preparing to leave. And she decided to kind of reach out to him and say, well, it was really nice meeting you. Hope we can do this again soon. Blah, blah, blah. And instead, he looked her in the eye and he said, I really enjoyed getting to know you as well, but I don't feel a connection here. I'm sorry, there's absolutely nothing that you said or did wrong. I think you're a wonderful person. I'm just not feeling it, the chemistry or the connection. And he was really straightforward, respectful, polite. And it was shocking to her because no guy had ever done that, had just said the truth. And so later she continued to date. She did not run into any other guy that would do that. She kept running into the other ones that would ghost one way or the other. And so it always stuck with her the longer she went on this dating process how evolved and how amazing that man was and how much he changed her life to see what that's like when a person can stand in their power, when they can stand and they're not taking things personally, not being a person avoiding conflict, not being someone who needs to blame 
or hide behind lies. He could just be his true self and speak truthfully about what he experienced with confidence and good self-esteem and self-love and with no harm or intention to, to the other person. Just gracefully explaining it, leaving both parties understanding where they're at and moving forward. So between her realizing that she had never been able to do what this man did, that she was not able to stand in front of people and feel the feels and to speak her truth and to say, this is how I feel. And then to realize what that felt like when someone did that for her and how freeing it was, she began to want to become that change. She wanted to have that knowing, that knowing and that understanding of what that would be like to be a person who was honest and trustworthy and forthcoming and could explain at that level. And so she began to practice that within herself and to practice with everyone she knew, people that she knew where before she would be, okay, I'll do that. Or, okay, sure, we can do it that way without really speaking up and saying what she wanted. She began to practice. She began standing up for things and creating her standards and boundaries, which whenever you create those things, as I talk about in an earlier podcast about standards and boundaries, when you create those for yourself, you start to create self-love and good self-esteem. And so as she was doing these things, she was able to speak up on dates that she went on when she felt that way. And so at the end of the night, when the guy would say, I had a good time and I'd like to call you again and ask you out, she could explain to him, I really appreciated everything, but I didn't feel the connection. And to be polite and to explain it. And she thought she was going to get such anger and vitriol and explosiveness being honest and telling these people. But instead, what she noticed as the men seemed to accept it, and while it was shocking to them that a woman would speak to them so honestly, they began to thank her and say, I really appreciate this. I really appreciate you telling me. I appreciate you not leading me on or making me wonder, you know, why you didn't respond back when I reached out again, you know, or things like that. And so they began really thanking her and saying how refreshing it was, which excited her and made her feel good as well. As time went on, she continued to do this where she would be 100% honest um, with each person she met. It didn't take very long. Where then she began going out on dates instead of the usual all-the-time ghosting the men started to reach out to her in a different way. And the ones who weren't into her began to use those same words to her and would say, it was wonderful to meet you tonight, but I just don't feel a connection. I wish you all the best. Good luck in the dating world. Very kindly. And saying, we're all in this together. 
And we're all just looking for that person that, you know, is just going to create that spark within us. And we know this is it. And I think you're a wonderful person and I had a great time with you. But I just didn't, I just didn't feel that, that part. And so it was astounding to her that now these guys who were strangers, who knew nothing about her, were now responding in that way where they never had before. And so here we look at the law of attraction and the law of energy. And working together as she and I did through uh, private sessions together, which is something I do with anyone who wants to study the deeper teachings and to get to know who they are and why they're here and to know themselves on a deeper soulful level. These are the sessions where I help people go through these things and figure out who they are and, and uh, what they need to work on to evolve and to grow. So during these sessions, she started to realize that as she raised her standards and boundaries and she had more self-respect and self-esteem and self-love for herself, that she was willing to speak kindly and compassionately and honestly and truthfully with that person and to give them that respect that it started to ripple out from her that this is who she is. This is her core. This is where her energy frequency vibrates. She's that person. And so we noticed compared to her dating the year before to the dating now that the caliber of people that she was dating had seemed to elevate it as well. And they seemed to be more straightforward and honest and emotionally intelligent and less about trying to just razzle-dazzle her into thinking they were great, instead being more open and honest and communicative about this is who I am. And so we noticed as her self-respect was growing, so were the people that were attracted to her, that they embodied those characteristics as well. And fascinating enough, then they started to embody and say these same things back to her. I really enjoyed our date, but I don't feel the connection, but I appreciate getting to know you and spend time with you. And all of those just nice ways to be told like, this was great, but it's not going to go any further. And it's such a wonderful, kind, polite way to date that really should be how it's always been and how it always should be. And this is just one example of the evolution that's happening now with more emotional intelligence, with more age of Aquarius, with more communication and trust. And it's a great example of the law of attraction that when you truly turn something that you learn into a belief that then goes into the unconscious as a knowing, I know I'll be open and honest with people. I know that even though it's hard to have conflict and to speak my truth, I will do so because that is what is most respectful for everyone involved. When those things become who you are at the core, 
then that energy ripples out and other people feel that energy and they are attracted to it and they will respond accordingly and not come in at that lower negative space. It won't feel harmonious to them to do so. And they won't be attracted in the first place if that's the kind of thing they're looking to do. They'll be attracted to someone else's energy that seems less confident, uh, easier to, to trick, right? Someone who doesn't have the same level of self-esteem and self-awareness. So they're going to go seek out someone else who's more in a victim mentality that they feel that they can get away with. And so now her energy has moved her into a place where she's attracting an entirely different type of person from the inside out and only through her energy before she's ever spoken to them or seen them. The energy out there is already aligning with this higher energy and bringing this different type of person into her life with each one that she meets. That is the law of attraction. That's how it works. It is such a knowing within you that when you then take the action, which is getting on a dating app or talking with someone you meet somewhere or whatever you do in her situation to meet someone new uh, and maybe go on a date, the energy that's already exuding and has been exuding from her is lifted up to that level where it's going to be attracted to and attracted by people that are at that same wavelength. And so that's only going to be good for both of them um, and for everything considered there. And this is the work you have to do ahead of time to attract that energy and to bring it into being so it does become the life that you're seeking, that you're working to create. You've now identified that frequency and are, are bringing that in. So that's my not quickest way to explain the law of attraction, but I thought it was such a great story, what she experienced recently and what she's seeing, having come full circle with it and created it. And I just wanted to share that because uh, it's a way that you could try and look and see if people are treating you differently. If you're in a relationship already, you can embody these things as well that you deserve respect and love and to be communicated with and all of those things. And you begin to give that to each person you meet, including your partner, and to see who responds and who, who raises up and pays attention to this new energy switch and wants to meet you there as well. So it's a good practice in work relationships, marriages, friendships, it doesn't matter really. It can be used for any of those um, types of communications. So I hope you'll give it a try now that you know an example of what that feels like and what really the law of attraction should uh, look like and work like. All right, well, that's another podcast in the bag. Hope you're having a good week. I'll talk to you soon.